Good morning, friends. It was only six miles. Well, we'll get to that in a minute. Our text for this morning is the traditional Epiphany uh, reading, uh, The Visit of the Wise Men. It comes from Matthew chapter 2, starting at uh, verse 2. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed in all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people. Now, let's stop and think for a moment. I mean, think of all that the teachers of the law knew about the coming Messiah. They knew he would be born of the seed of the woman. That's in Genesis 3.15. They knew he would be a descendant of Shem. That's in Genesis 9.26. They knew he would be of the seed of Abraham. That's Genesis 12, verses 1 to 3. They knew he would be a descendant of Isaac. That's in Genesis 22.18. They knew he would be a descendant of Jacob. That's in Genesis 28.14. They knew he would be of the tribe of Judah. That's in Genesis 49.10. They knew he would be a son of David. That's in 2 Samuel chapter 7, verses 11, 12, and 16. And they knew he would be born of a virgin. That's Isaiah 7.14. And they knew he would be born in Bethlehem. That's Micah 5, verse 2. Now, we can summarize in five simple statements what the Jewish scholars knew about the Messiah. I mean, number one, he would be a Jew. Two, he will come from the tribe of Judah. Three, he will be a descendant of David. Four, he will be born in Bethlehem. And five, he will be born of a virgin. Now, I'm not going to focus much on the wise men today, but I want to go back to this question of who were these scribes and chief priests and teachers of the law that Herod consulted? Well, they were the best and the brightest minds of that day. As professional students of the Torah of God, they studied the Old Testament day and night. They knew the Word of God, loved it, revered it, learned it, debated it, studied it, and even memorized it. I mean, some of them had memorized the first five books of the Bible in Hebrew. Others had memorized the Psalms in Hebrew. So when Herod asked the Magi, the wise men, where the Christ was to be born, Immediately, the religious leaders knew the answer. It was in Bethlehem of Judea, because that's what the prophet Micah had foretold some 700 years earlier. I mean, they knew it by heart. They didn't have to look it up. So here's my question. If they knew the truth, why didn't they, too, go to Bethlehem? Why was it only shepherds or wise men? Well, let me suggest three answers to that question. I mean, first of all, their knowledge made them intellectually lazy. Now, did you know it's possible to know too much? You know, you could study so long, compare so many opinions, read so many books, debate so many ideas that you never get around to making a commitment to anything. You are ever learning, but never able to acknowledge the truth. That's what Paul wrote in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 7. Well, knowledge is, is good, but at some point you've got to decide what you personally believe. It's not enough to say, I I studied religion, or I know what the Hindus believe, I know what Muslims believe, I listen to all the experts, I read the latest books, I can intelligently 
discuss on the merits of all major denominations. And to that I say, well, good for you. But of what use is your great knowledge if you never make a personal commitment? Second of all, their religion made them spiritually indifferent. Answering Herod's questions was kind of like playing a game of Bible trivia where you know all the answers in advance. But religion, even good religion, even Bible-based religion, can deaden the heart and mind. I mean, it's all too easy to fall into the trap of, you know, I'm a Baptist or I'm a Catholic or I'm a Lutheran or a Presbyterian or a a Church of the Brethren or Church of Christ or Episcopalian, as if going to heaven is determined by your church affiliation. It's way too easy for all of us to play by the rules of whatever church we attend and still keep Jesus at arm's length. And as long as Jesus is just a theory to us, he's no benefit to us personally. And third, I think their background made them culturally arrogant. And um, I mean, think about this for a moment. One day, some strangers show up in your town claiming to have seen a star in the east that led him in search of a baby-born king of the Jews. That's a pretty crazy story. And who are these guys anyway? I mean, how do we even know that they're for real? And who sent them? And where'd they come from? And what was this star? And where is the star? I mean, why can't we see this star? Plus, they look different. They talk different. They probably dress different. I mean, everything about them kind of screams, we're not from around here. I think it's no wonder that Tom was in an uproar. I mean, strange doings in Jerusalem for sure. Yes, these wise people, not the wise men, but these wise wise prophets, these wise learners of the law were only six miles from Jerusalem. But they chose not to come. They could have easily walked it in two or three hours. But whether from fear or ingratitude or laziness or indifference, the Jewish leaders could not go six miles to see Jesus. Six miles. And none of the scribes cared enough to go back, go and check out the rumor that the long-awaited Messiah had been born. They were six miles from Jesus. They were six miles from salvation. They were six miles from forgiveness. Six miles from eternal life. They were too busy studying the Bible to see for themselves. As I read through Matthew 2, one fact strikes me above all others, and it's this. Everybody involved had the same basic information. They all knew a baby had been born in Bethlehem. They all knew who the baby was. I mean, Herod knew, and he tried to kill him. The scribes knew and ignored him. The wise men knew and they worshipped him. Now, the Bible scholars knew the answer to the question. They knew that the Messiah would be born in Bethlehem. But their knowledge condemned them all the more because they didn't do anything about the truth they knew. So let's not miss this one solemn lesson. It is possible to know a great deal and still miss the truth. Friends, Jesus stands at the end of life's road for all of us. There can be no middle ground. To ignore him is the same as to hate him because you end up without him either way. And perhaps hatred is nobler than casual disinterest because when you hate, you at least must pay attention to the object of your hatred. And that very attention may lead someday to a change of heart. To ignore Jesus altogether means to live as if he doesn't matter at all, but no one can ignore him forever. We all have an appointment with Jesus sooner or later. The ultimate question is not how someone else responds, but how you respond to Jesus. That's really the only thing that matters. Are you with Herod 
or with the scribes or with the wise men? Are you hostile to Jesus? Are you too busy to get involved? Or are you wanting and desiring to come and worship him as Savior and Lord? Friends, Jesus never turns away from any heart that is open to him. Those who seek him will find him every time. And may that be your experience during this Christmas and Epiphany season and always. Until next time, see the vision, live the mission, feel the passion.